So guys, welcome to another episode of NFT Headlines. If you are brand new to the NFT space, or if you've been really busy and just had a difficult time following up on headlines, then this show is definitely for you. On today's show, we have Jesus, who is actually one of our Web3 developers, and he's going to hang out with us and a, a lot of news. Jesus is really into crypto and, and the NFTs and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see what he has to say. In today's episode, we're going to go over the price of Ethereum and gas, like we always do, then a few MLC community updates, and then we're going to go right into the top headlines and then talk about the road to NFT adoption, a little bit of land watch with um, a new interesting take on our right-click heist. Usually we show hacks, and today we're going to show an anti-hack, and then also we're going to end it with the NFT of the day. So let's get started. So price for Ethereum and gas, and I always like to look into our Discord to see where it's at. You can see Ethereum is around $2,000. I mean, this is the lowest it's been in a while. And I actually had a price target for myself saying that it was going to go to $1,800. And I'm even thinking maybe it might even go to $1,200. Again, we don't do any price predictions on this show. If I ever do something, I might say something about direction. But let's see. In our top headlines, we'll actually talk about what's going on with the price of crypto and kind of how that relates to NFTs. You see gas is around 25. Before the show started, gas was at 15. So gas is pretty low. You can see that transactions have fallen, especially after the other side mint. And yeah, that's kind of where we are right now. Did you hold any Luna, Jesus? Yeah, not too much. Yeah, I did have that and I did lose. Oh, but yeah, that, that happens. So sorry to hear that. We'll, we'll, we'll talk yeah. about that in a little bit. Some MLC community updates. So you've heard about the Slate Mint. What we did with the Slate funds, we've already purchased land there. We've left a copy of the wallet ID. It's in here somewhere. If you look at this wallet, you can see the all the activity, what's going on. So I'm super excited about that. So essentially, we just took all the Slate founders that minted in Slate Mint, we took all those funds and then we created a group buy for land and everyone is getting an equal share of land depending on how much they spent in Ethereum. And if you want more examples or or have any questions about how we're organizing this, feel free to ask questions and I'm more than happy to answer them. All right, top headlines. I think the top headline of the day, Jesus, is, is pretty much this Luna thing. This Luna thing has been pretty crazy. It's been taking over uh, the news this whole week. I mean, even my my dad, who's really not into this stuff, he sends me a text and he's saying, oh my God, crypto just tanked because of Luna. And it was, it was interesting. So do you know anything about what happened with this hack, Jesus? Well, actually, there are different theories, right? But in general, it just sounds as a rock ball, sadly. But, but yeah, there are different theories out there. There's a lot of theories, and, and I've read so many, like I've read some Reddit posts and things like that. A lot of the theories that are out there, they don't have any kind of evidence. I think people are just speculating. But what we do know is, I think CoffeeZilla had a video on this where CoffeeZilla was putting the blame for Luna tanking on the hubris of the founder. So essentially, people were tweeting the founder saying, hey, there's a huge flaw with Luna, just like they did with, I can't remember that project last time that went under. Oh, what was it? Totally. If someone in the in the comment knows, there was like a project that tanked, same, same reason, it was because of the hubris of the founder. 
Oh, it was the Akatar NFTs. They locked up $34 million because there was a flaw in their smart contract. And they essentially, someone was able to hijack their entire um, smart contract and, and hijack $34 million. Same thing happened with Luna. People oh. were tweeting the founder of Luna, Do Kwan, that, hey, if you had a billion dollars, you would be able to do this exploit where you can actually pretty much just clean out all the liquidity from Luna. And the according to CoffeeZilla, the, the founder, Do Kwan, he was just really arrogant about it. He says, you know, try it, go ahead and try it. And someone actually did, and they, they got away with it. Um, who it is, how it's been done, that's all speculation right now. But what I actually want to bring up, I think what the main news is with the Luna thing is it actually tanked the price of Bitcoin. So when my dad called me and he said, hey, crypto is tanking because Luna is tanking, that's not too accurate. It's almost like it happened in tandem and it was a death spiral. So because the market started tanking, because you had this Fed rate increase, you had this market crash, you had stocks going down, crypto going down, NFTs going down because of this downward pressure from that event. When Luna started going down, essentially they lost the peg for their UST stablecoin. And to be able to keep the peg, they had to liquidate their reserves. So Luna has a foundation. It's called LFG. It's actually Luna Foundation Guard. And they held a lot of assets. They held Bitcoin and several other assets. And when the peg was lost with Luna because of the prices tanking, LFG, they started liquidating all their Bitcoin holdings. I think they sold like 32,000 some Bitcoins all in one full swoop, which tanked the price of Bitcoin even more because you have all the supply dumping onto the market, 32,000 plus Bitcoins dumping onto the market. I think this is the biggest news because this is something of an anomaly where we might not see something like this happen again. So for me, my personal opinion, if you're a long-term hodler, if you're in the long-term game, I think this is some of the best prices for Bitcoin that we will ever see. Again, this is my personal opinion, just because of this event that happened. Now, what's, what's interesting is Do Kwan, I think what he's proposing now is he wants to try to recover Luna. And I actually had another friend, my friend Anik, he contacted me and he said, hey, should I buy Luna as soon as it tanked? And there were some people in the Discord group as well that were wondering if they should buy Luna. To me, where Luna is right now, you don't know if it's going to survive, whether it is or whether it's not. I'm going to share a case study and how it could survive. And this case study, essentially Luna has a big name. So that's one of the major hurdles in terms of getting your product out into the market, just getting that name recognition, right? That name recognition builds trust. So Luna has the name recognition, but they lost the trust because of the arrogance from the founder. Now what the founder wants to do, the founder wants to fork Luna to create a brand new chain. And we've actually seen something like this happen before. And this actually, Jesus, do you know um, where this has happened before? No, not really. Okay, so this has actually happened with Ethereum. And Ethereum is obviously doing really well. But what happened is Ethereum was also hacked. And when Ethereum was hacked, there were two opposing ideologies on how to move forward. Vitalik, he wanted to fork the coin, fork Ethereum, and remove the hack, basically give everyone their funds back by forking it. Charles Hoskinson, he said, no, if we just, you know, 
if we if we are the ones who decide whether we can fork or not, whether a hack gets removed or not, then where is the decentralization of all of this? So Charles Hoskinson, the founder of ADA, um, Cardano, he was very opposed to this. So what happened is Ethereum actually split. Ethereum split into Ethereum Classic, which was the original chain, and that is run by Charles Hoskinson. And then the new chain, Ethereum, what we know Ethereum is today, is this new chain that got rid of this hack before. So if you're using this as a case study, if Luna can come back, yeah, possibly, if it's something has a similar story to Ethereum, but can it happen? I think the probability is really low. So the advice that I gave to my friend, and again, this is my friend, I don't give advice to anyone else. The advice that I gave to my friend is Luna is a moonshot. Essentially, if you're going to be trying to invest into this thing or, or trying to get an 100x return just because volume is so low and the price is so low right now, you're playing a game of chicken. It, it might not work out for you. There's probably all these other people that are thinking the exact same thing that they just want to put a little in as soon as it rises, they're going to pull a little out. So that's why I'm saying it's a game of chicken because there are going to be some people that are going to lose. What about you, Jesus? Do you think you're going to purchase any Luna anytime soon? No, probably not soon, <laughs> but it, I think it, sometimes it can just be a game, like let's say like betting <laughs> almost. Yeah, so... it's pretty much. It's pretty much gambling at this point. Yeah, exactly. It's like, gambling. It's like the people that are trying to pick up Enron stocks from the floor. And, you know, that didn't really work out for Enron. Exactly. So, yeah, sometimes there are moves that can be dangerous, but, you know, sometimes high risk, high reward. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of degens in this space. So you're going to have people that will play. And sometimes it's fun to just bet on black and see how it goes, as long as you're yeah. willing to, to lose it all. All right, the road to NFT adoption. So Spotify, they're actually testing artists' NFT galleries. And have you heard anything about this? We have similar projects that are going on. I have seen some of them. I can't remember names right now. But yeah, NFTs and music and all these art scene is starting to mix already. Like a lot of technology. Everyone's trying to go into it. In the last episode, we explained how Instagram is bringing NFTs um, to, or Mark Zuckerberg is bringing NFTs to Instagram this week. And then now Spotify is testing artist NFT galleries. So Spotify is testing this with two different artists, with Steve Aoki, who's big in the, in the NFT space, and also with an indie rock band called The Wombats. And this is just a test right now. And I think they're only testing it on Android phones just to see how it goes. And this is a pretty good idea in terms of just testing it in a very localized way instead of launching it everywhere, like how Instagram is trying to, I, I think, do it. Because right now the market has kind of died down, right? You saw what happened with the... The Coinbase NFT marketplace launch, they didn't have very much traffic, very much, it, it, it almost seemed like a flop. So it wasn't a very good thing. Spotify is just kind of doing their testing under the radar with two different artists. Another big thing in the news is Emirates. And this is the airlines that belongs to the UAE, the United Arab Emirates. Emirates is going to accept BTC for payments and they're adding an NFT collection. And I think Emirates was one of the first places I remember it was in the news around 2017, 2018, because they used to play a lot of commercials for crypto products. 
And yeah, I, whoever's behind Emirates, I, I think they've been a fan of crypto for a while. Dwayne Wade, D Wade is launching NFTs as well. He's getting into NFTs and he had a, I think a drink company and he did a collaboration with Budweiser. So it's like this new drink from Budweiser, Budweiser Zero and Dwayne Wade and Budweiser are getting together to launch an NFT. I think this is going to launch May 24th. So it's something just to, just to watch. Madonna and Beeple, they launch nude NFTs. Did you read anything about this, Jesus? I actually haven't seen yeah. too much. <laughs> it, it was trending a while on Twitter. <laughs> and, what, what were people saying? Yeah, I, I mainly saw memes, memes because it was like maybe unexpected, let's say. <laughs> Madonna's actually pretty hit, pretty cool. I mean, she was recently, she was in Medellin recently, right? Performing with Maluma. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a very big concert here. Yeah. Recently. Yeah, this is de definitely a, a party place to be. Okay, um, also in the news, there was another survey where only 15% could actually explain the metaverse. So everyone knows the metaverse. They've heard the word metaverse. As soon as Mark Zuckerberg, you know, proclaimed that he was going to change the name of Facebook, to Meta, and by the way, um, side note, they actually rebranded their Facebook payment systems as MetaPay now. So instead of Facebook Pay, it's going to be called MetaPay. I'm not really even sure if I like the name Meta. It's kind of weird. Like Facebook has some kind of nostalgia feeling to it, and they just kind of got rid of it with this really cold, clean, like almost surgical type of name, and, and that nostalgia of Facebook is gone. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. I'm not sure. I know the brand... Mark, the Mark Zuckerberg brand in itself, people don't trust Mark Zuckerberg. And because they don't trust Mark Zuckerberg, they don't trust Facebook. But I think Facebook, that name itself, has some kind of nostalgic factor that they're losing by getting rid of that name. Jesus, if you had to explain the metaverse, how would you, how would you define the metaverse? Let's say a place, virtual place and social environment. A virtual place, social environment. I think the easiest way for me to describe it to people is it's a, it's just a 3D website. That's it. It's a 3D website. It's a 3D, you know, a 2D website is a space you come and you hang out and you spend time. And now it's just a 3D version of it where people are just trying to build better experience. So it's just the same thing, but a new added technology layer to make it feel a lot more immersive than it is. So people ask you, what is the metaverse? I think the easiest way to answer that is it's just a 3D website. And then if you want to get into it a little bit more, then you can start talking about, you know, play to earn gaming and how gaming is actually driving this force of the metaverse. So people can, people can essentially do what you were saying. They have this massively multiplayer online places where you can be social and you can kind of hang out. All right. Landwatch. Speaking of Landwatch, earlier I mentioned for the community updates that the Slate Founders now own land. So we own two pieces of land. We own a plot of land, a rare piece of land in Voxburst. And we also own a dock in the Mirandas game that's coming up. And just looking over at the chat, we also see Edelin and Eli has joined us as well. So what's up, guys? Thanks for joining us. Other side, launches lore. So when we were deciding on what kind of land to actually purchase, what we notice is the other side land 
it actually went below mint prices for a short little bit. So mint prices, again, it was around $6,000. It was like 305 ApeCoin. And there was a period where you can actually buy other side off of OpenSea for less than $6,000 in total, which means people were taking a loss because not only did people spend $6,000 on this other side land, but they also spent, you know, maybe 0.5 Ethereum just to mint it. And they lost essentially 0.5 Ethereum when they're selling it below the mint price. What OtherSide did, however, is they launched Lore recently. And you can go to otherside.xyz forward slash Ovalisk to start seeing the journey that they're building. They, they talk about a first tech demo for the other side. The people that are in this world, they're called the Voyagers, how you can interact with the land and... One of the cool things with this mint is how they put a mint inside of a mint. So they're releasing a brand new collection. They already have the Board Ape collection. They have the Mutant Ape collection. Now they're going to have a new PFP collection, which is the Coda collection. And this Coda collection was actually added inside the other side mint. Because when you minted your land after the reveal, you could see if you got a Coda or not. And the lands with Coda... They were going for anywhere between, I think the lowest premium that I saw was 12 Ethereum premium for Codas, all the way up to 20 for a moment. The reason I stayed away from actually purchasing any other side land is because they've already released 100,000 plots. There's around 30,000 plus unique users, and that's only half the land. They're going to release 100,000 more plots, and I'm not sure exactly when they're going to do that, but whenever they do that's going to of course increase the supply and if they do it right now there's not that much demand to actually make up for that supply so i'm still just sitting back and watching to see what happens with this okay right click heist so normally on right click heist we talk about the latest hacks that are happening in the nft space and that way you can learn from these hacks and also protect yourself well in today's episode we actually have a let's see went too far Deviant Art is adding a search tool to its platform to detect stolen NFT art. So essentially, if you want to buy a piece of art, you can check to see if it's stolen by uploading it onto Deviant Art, and it'll tell you all the different places on the blockchain where this piece of art exists. And it could be similar art or the exact same art. So you can see if it, it was like a derivative or someone's playing copycat. So this is really interesting. And, and it's been, I've been guessing that deviant art was going to get into the nft space so it'll be very interesting to see what they will do because i think they're very well positioned in terms of being one of the cultural epicenters for artists that are making a lot of the the type of art that's on deviant art itself is the type of art that actually attracts dgens as well so it'd be really interesting to see a deviant art nft collection all right nft of the day so in the last episode I think it was in the last episode, we talked about how one of the founders of Azuki released a blog post and talked about how he was affiliated with a bunch of these other projects that were considered rug pulls. And as soon as that happened, the price of Azuki started tanking. People used that as FUD, where the price of Azuki was above 20. And I think the last time I checked, 13 or something. And it dropped, actually it dropped all the way down to eight. And so... What happened since then is Zagabond, who is one of the founders that wrote this blog article, he pretty much kind of shot himself in the foot, fell on his sword, and he decided to leave Azuki. So now Zagabond is leaving Azuki, and it'll be interesting to see what happens next. Like, will Zagabond still stay in the NFT space, 
or is he just exiled forever? Again, before I said Azuki still seemed like a good project because they were adding innovations into the Web3 space, like the ERC 721A contract that drastically reduced gas prices for people that are minting. So Azuki has done innovative things. And I think, I'm not sure if Zagabon left on his own terms or if the group asked him to leave, but that is exactly what happened. And that's pretty much it for today's show. It's been a, it's been a slow news week, just because I think the market has kind of slowed down. Volume has slowed down. How do you feel about the market right now, Jesus? Yeah, actually, I feel these moments are necessary because it's just like everything going into the normal balance. We, we cannot be in a bull run forever, obviously. It's a necessary correction, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think probably it, it will be healthy for the next month. Hopefully we are we are we, we touched bottom already. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I think I I don't foresee a long crypto winter because when the ICO boom happened around 2017, we saw crypto winter from 2018 to 2020. It was a two-year crypto winter. And I, and I actually wrote a, a email. I sent an email out to everyone discussing my experiences back then where it was really scary because a lot of people lost a lot of money. A lot of businesses were dying out and people were wondering if crypto was even here to stay. There was a huge group of people that were saying, you know, no way governments are going to allow it. They're going to regulate it out. But then now fast forward to 2022, I think it's a very difficult to see a world without crypto. I mean, this is definitely the future. And when you have corrections like this, what you'll essentially see is all the bad projects dying out and all the good projects essentially you know, rising to the top. So yeah, just like you said, Jesus, it's a pretty good thing. I think this period of crypto winter will be much shorter. The prices that we're seeing for Ethereum and Bitcoin, while they could go lower, I think Ethereum could go all the way down to 1200. As long as your dollar cost averaging your, your way in, I think you're going to be in good shape. And it, this is, of course, if you are hodling, if you're a longtime investor and, and you have the risk tolerance to, to actually see that through. So with that, normally I let the other person leave with the last word so jesus yeah just any any last words before we head out cheers very og you yeah. put the g in your name very og the og jesus all right thank you everyone for attending nft headlines i'll see you guys in the discord love communi communicating with you guys on the discord thank you so much for showing up live again big shout outs to ag who is stealth online dm aztec Edelin and Eli, who always shows up to the episodes. Very cool to, to hang out with you guys. And we will see you on the next episode. So this is Robin Copernicus with Metaverse Land Club, the think tank toolkit community for investor entrepreneurs looking to grow generational wealth. And we'll see you next week at Tuesday, 7 p.m. Central, same NFT time, same NFT 